0: Welcome to the Osbreakers, number one place for shared, sharp betting information. Welcome back to Podcast 83 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can find me on Twitter at OBKiev, follows at The Ozbreakers, and follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by the season for the best football and sports contests in all sports please visit www.szn.com slash ob play for thousands of dollars with thousands of people across the world if you'd like to support the icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays please visit the icebreakers.com click shop become a member pick any for win cappers get the premium plays before the line moves you can also support us on patreon.com and if nothing else please visit the icebreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber Another weekend in the books, my friends. I was, you know, profitable in college by about three units and down in the NFL by about one, 1. 1.5 units because of my live bet on the Cowboys. Uh, made a mistake on that one. Thought that Hertz was hurt more than he actually was, and I don't know what the hell they gave him in the locker room, but he looked like a stud coming into the uh, second half, and uh, Cowboys do what the Cowboys do and choke away big games. So that was a little rough. But uh, this is going to be a long show today because not only are we going to do our normal let down spots, get up spots, uh, box score analysis, we're also going to talk a little Big Ten basketball. I'm going to give you a quick preview on the Big Ten before we get into our fantasy segment. So I don't want to dilly-dally too much. I want to get into the recap so I can get through the majority of this show, starting with college football. Not many big upsets, as mentioned. Um, It's just one of those that, you know, Washington took care of business at USC. I lost a free play on that, unfortunately. I uh, gave that one out. I had some good line value on that. I had three and a half. That thing closed at three. And Alabama took care of business as a favorite, three-point favorite against LSU. So those were really the... The biggest games coming in. I know Tennessee, Missouri is coming up this week. So there is some fun coming up this week. Penn State, Michigan. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, otherwise, you know, Ohio State had Rutgers. Michigan had Purdue. Florida State had Pitt. You know, Cal went to Oregon. Thought they were in the game for a second. Now, Kansas versus Texas, Kansas State versus Texas was very interesting. Uh, Hit our bet on that one at least for the play that we gave out earlier in the week. And uh, it was one of those where Kansas State could have won that game but just couldn't punch the ball in at the very end. And instead of going for the tie, they went for the win with four yards to go in the end zone. You know, at first I tweeted that I liked the decision. Then somebody said, well, Texas's quarterback could not do anything to move the ball. Uh, And I actually do agree with that. I thought about that again. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Uh, Malik Murphy, I wanted to call him Malik Willis, was uh, 19 for 37 but two interceptions one TD you can tell at the end he was faltering but here's the other problem with it their field goal kicker was sucking they missed an extra point they missed a field goal you know um, so you're kind of putting that game back on his shoulders too uh, if you decide to go for the time force overtime so I guess that was my thinking as well but I still think You know, After rethinking this, it's pretty close to 50-50, but maybe you give it to your field goal kicker to force that. Being that Malik Murphy just could not move the ball, but that was a fun game to watch. Um, Clemson uh, versus Notre Dame, that was the other big one, and Clemson took care of business pretty easily against Notre Dame. It was just a terrible spot for Notre Dame and such a great spot for Clemson. I kind of regret not betting Clemson. I thought about it. I'm like, wow. Clemson's kind of in a do-or-die spot. Wasn't sure which team you're going to get from Dabo this week, but uh, ended up working for people that bet on Clemson laying, or actually getting the three points at home. I guess one more super ugly loss, Air Force losing the Army at home 23-3. to What the hell was that, Air Force? And what does that say about the Mountain West? <laughs> I'm just going to chalk it up to one of those games, but Jesus. That was pretty embarrassing. And, of course, Arizona just keeps trouncing teams. I leaned them this week, and, of course, I don't bet them, and they end up winning 27-10 to 10 against UCLA. What the hell, Jed Fish? Uh, you are a fantastic coach right now, and you deserve a massive raise. Um, can't wait for this weekend of college football, though. I made a few plays already. We'll give you one after uh, a little bit here in this show. Uh, moving to the NFL, not any... Massive upsets either because the Saints took care of their teaser leg and the Cleveland Browns easily took care of their teaser leg. I guess you can say the Baltimore Ravens, if everybody took uh, the Ravens, um, that was more survivor-ish. And Cleveland's teaser leg was earlier in the week. That thing moved to 13, by the way. But Cleveland's survivor rolls. But I did have one in Atlanta. I have three survivors left out of 10. Now I have two. I picked Atlanta and two on Cleveland, and I kind of regret the Atlanta one. That was a just last-second win by Josh Dobbs. That kind of blew your mind a little bit. You're like, holy cow, Josh Dobbs seriously doesn't take one snap with the team the whole week. Uh, Jared Hall gets injured for the Vikings, and they just go up and win that game. was even based on their defense so much. just Josh Dobbs' legs, fourth down, stuff like that. So one of those where you're like, geez, come on, Atlanta show some defense and uh yeah well now here i have two teasers or two uh survivors left in this situation um i went one for one in teasers but teasers are still killing it so i'm pretty happy about it i refused to lose teaser from the podcast it went through at least so i'm happy about that the free teaser i gave out didn't uh the free play on the raiders did though uh, I was trying for a middle in that game, but Daniel Jones got hurt. But even the, with his injury, not sure if uh, he would have even covered the three and a half points that we had for the Giants. That is one bad Giants team. And now that Tyrod Taylor's on the IR and Daniel Jones uh, feared to have torn his ACL, it is over for this team. Uh, kind of mentioned the highlights, so let's get into... The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. All right, starting with the good, as usual. The Kansas State versus Texas game was good. I mean, I really enjoyed that game, even though we were watching a backup quarterback for Texas. I thought Kansas State really had a chance to upset them and possibly be in the Big 12 championship game. But speaking about Big 12 championship games, I can't believe I I forgot to mention this in the beginning. Oklahoma State taking care of business, going over their season win total, plus six and a half, we have it, plus 100. Oh, my goodness, against the rivalry in Oklahoma. Holy cow, what was that? And uh, I was just like, this spread went down too much. It's a rivalry. I lean Oklahoma. I considered betting Oklahoma. I didn't. And then Oklahoma State and Gundy, Take care of business against their rival, sending them to the SEC with their foot in their ass.
1: That's terrible.
0: You know, all the time that people were talking like Oklahoma could be in the playoffs, they are absolutely donezo now. And Brett Venables, massive, two massive chokes in a row one against Kansas, one against Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State, we gave out 40 to one that they're going to win the Big 12 championship. I'm hoping that comes through. Now, they have an interesting uh, way to go here um, in the Big 12. They only have one Big 12 loss, which puts them in the driver's seat with Texas. And Oklahoma State has at UCF, which is a beatable team, at Houston, which is a beatable team. Unfortunately, they're both on the road, though. They're in a letdown spot for sure. But then they get BYU at home. Get by these two teams and you will be representing the Big 12 in the Big 12 championship game versus most likely Texas. And guess what? They avoid Texas this year. They avoid Kansas State this year. That is the two reasons why, or the two teams that I was happy to possibly take a small bet on Oklahoma State to be in the Big 12 championship game. Not to be in it, to win it, but I can hedge out of it at that point. So... Go, Pokes. Um, Georgia's resilience is really good. They've uh, <laughs> took care of business, and Georgia just, I mean, right now versus Bama, I'm betting Georgia. Give me pick em, I will bet Georgia in that situation all day long. I think Georgia is the better team. I like Alabama now. They've gotten better, but they still have questions at quarterback, in my opinion, and I don't think the receivers are as good as they were in the past. The Washington-USC game was very fun to watch very electric, I would have wished I I bet that over, um, Caleb Williams was, did his best, he, uh, kind of had a little bit of a breakdown after the game, and we'll get into that, uh, Army beating Air Force, (laughs) I guess that's good, but it's also bad for Air Force, uh, Derek Lewis going the distance, if you want to pivot to UFC real quick, they went to distance in his fight, which nobody thought was possible, that was a massive score, if you bet that, uh, he would go the distance against Jelton Almeida. Now, Almeida whooped him up really bad and wrestled him all over the place, but <laughs> he didn't get subbed. Uh, Dalby. Also, Dolby beating Gabriel Bonfin, giving him his first loss. What's up with that, Dolby? Nice work, dude. I leaned him, and I'm so mad that I didn't bet him. I actually skipped USC this week. There's something I didn't like about it. I just smell the rat. I would have bet... But I would have took Almedia inside the distance and I I probably would have lost there. Even though that was a minus 450, maybe I wouldn't have. I I probably would have bet Chow, he won his fight. Um, Maybe I would have done all right. Next, we have CJ Stroud. Holy cow, is he good. Over 460 yards, 470 yards, five touchdowns for a rookie. This dude is... The best pick of the draft from last year, right now. That's for sure. And Josh Dobbs, you got to give him credit for coming in without practice and winning. I put that in my good. Joe Burrow. How about Joe Burrow? Nobody's numbers has Cincinnati metrically beating people like this, beating the 49ers, beating the Bills. Props off to Joe Burrow. He is back, and so is the Bengals. And then, but he's got the Ravens because the Ravens just whooped Seattle. And the Ravens look extremely legit right now. So that's going to be uh, just an interesting division right there. Also, it's good that Kyler Murray's coming back most likely this week. Hopefully, we'll see him in action and not Clayton Tune. All right, now for the bad. I mean, P- Pittsburgh's BS wins because Pittsburgh's not even an average team, yet somehow they just sneak by teams in the fourth quarter and Make that huge effort. I mean, it helps the strength of the division, I guess. But, man, Pittsburgh is winning games they are not supposed to. Um, The Buffalo Bulls' red zone mistakes. Boy, did they screw up the spread against Toledo there and had some boneheaded mistakes during the week. So if you're watching football during the week, you might have saw that game. Uh, Rutgers not covering against Ohio State when they are in that game for a long time. How do you not cover the 18 and a half? They lost by like 19 points. That was bad for Rutgers betters. Uh, another bad, Alex Grinch. You know, that defensive coordinator that was supposed to be so good with Lincoln Riley back at Oklahoma. Riley brings him with him to USC. This defense is absolutely pathetic, and they can't stop anything. He needs to go, and Lincoln Riley, wherever he goes, the other people should find him a defensive coordinator, the GMs. Uh Navy losing to Temple. Oh, is that bad? Navy losing to Temp Temple is terrible. Navy, what is going on with that one? That's bad. Um, Iowa versus Northwestern finishing at 10 to 7. I mean, how bad is that? And now you have their totals just going way down to Never Never Land uh I think their total against Rutgers is less than 29 points what the hell is going on Iowa you are setting back us back to the Neanderthal years of football um I'm gonna say another bad the whole look ahead spot idea and I've been I, I still talk about them and I think they're it means something but the market adjusts to them making them not worth as much via the spread in my opinion um Penn State and Michigan both covered their look-ahead spots. Penn State did by a lot, and Michigan did by a little. But still, uh, it's uh, this whole look-ahead thing that you think that they're looking to each other. They still whooped up the teams that they played. So letdown spots are much bigger, in my opinion, than look-ahead spots. Tyson Badgent was really bad. Bears had five turnovers, mostly because of him this last game. And the Bears probably could have been in that game a heck of a lot more than they were. They did at least close the closing number, but I was stupid enough to bet them early because I was surprised the Saints would keep taking money against the Bears, and I lost my bet. I had six and a half, they won by seven, but hopefully you guys got it at seven and a half or more. Uh, speaking of that, I also had the same bad luck with college. I laid more than three with Texas A&M, or with Ole Miss, and they won by three. So just for line value, I had one of my bad weeks. The Cardinals, 58 yards on offense total. 58 yards, Cardinals. Seriously, that was absolutely disgusting against the Browns. Dak taking a sack with no timeouts there. When you just drove all the way down the field, the only thing you can't do is take a sack, and that is what you do. Dak, you are not doing well in the clutch, and it's been showing against the big teams for a very long time now. All right, now for the ugly. The way Florida lost at home against Arkansas, that was pretty ugly for them. Um, Arkansas was in a great spot, but Florida, seriously, losing at home like that, Graham Mertz era should be over very soon in Florida. Uh, Syracuse at Maryland and Maryland. Syracuse and Maryland is extremely ugly because they won their first nine games in a row together, if you add them together. And now they just lost their next nine games in a row. Four for like Maryland and five for Syracuse or something. That is absolutely just nuts. Just a swing by winning nine in a row and then losing nine in a row. (laughs) They should get a room. Uh, Wisconsin losing like that to Indiana was absolutely ugly. I should have bet Indiana too. I don't know why I didn't. Um, Indiana's just on a good team, but... (laughs) It's one of those games they just got up and saw Wisconsin's on their backup everybody. That was bad for Wisconsin. Oh, also, a little love back to Oklahoma. That no P.I. call in Oklahoma State in the end zone could have uh, just switched the game completely. The refs completely blew that one and affected the score of that game. So I thought that was quite ugly. Now, here's another ugly. I have no problem with Caleb Williams breaking down with his parents and stuff after the game a little bit. You know, it's it's a bad look. But, <clears throat> you know, whatever. We're all human. You know, athletes cry all the time. Um, it's uh, the fact that he's kind of acted like he's too big for everybody in the past. That whole comments with his agent with 10% of the team ownership and stuff like that. And I don't know him personally, of course. But it's just, it's just really getting ugly for his situation, you know, is you know saying that you know i want to go home and watch movies with my dog it's it's just like well you know if, if after me i replay the game in my head and wonder what i could have done better personally i don't know there's just a lot of little red flags for him popping up lately for caleb williams and you know I, i'm back and forth last night i loved him as my first or last week if you remember i loved him for my first round pick you know uh, and then i'm like man Well, you know, we'll see how it finishes off. But, hell, Michael Penix is sure looking pretty good right now himself. Tyreek Hill's fumble. That was just horrible on the uh, early part of the games. Uh, It was a 7.30 game for Mountain Time. It was 6.30 Pacific. Man, it was... uh, not a fumble. <laughs> it was an incomplete pass, but nobody wants to talk about that for some reason. I, it's more incomplete pass than most of the passes they call incomplete. Even after like a kind of a move, a football move ish. There's, it just hit him's chest and he dropped it right away as he was getting hit, and there was nothing there. Washington State losing to Stanford. Holy cow! The Cougars have been just free falling lately, and losing to Stanford at home. That is nothing worse than that right now. And um, you completely were fake news, as I said last week. C.J. Stroud taking a knee. For all of us Houston Texans betters. So I had the bad number in the Bears, and I had C.J. Stroud taking a knee, which is probably the right call to do because there's six seconds left in the game and you don't want to sacrifice uh, a, a extra point block and them getting two and tying the game. So he takes the knee and kicked off instead I would have been there was a penalty on that what if you just would have ran the ball and got the two-point conversion instead of taking the knee but you're scared of a fumble going back to I don't know I'm kind of in between taking a knee and running it since there was a penalty there they probably did the right thing but that was just a really brutal way for Houston betters to lose right when you get that final touchdown at the end because you know Baker Mayfield's touchdowns are BS when getting fourth down shit and Did that for two weeks in a row. But then he takes a knee and you're just like, oh, my God, just almost made it. Well, the money line bet would have been better in that situation, apparently. And uh, Bryce Young is finally my worst ugly of the week because this dude threw two pick sixes and lost the game for his team while you have a guy like C.J. Stroud winning it. There are two kinds of spurs, my friend. Those are coming by the door, Those are coming by the window. All right, now it's time for our college football week ten misleading final scores. We're gonna start right away with Northern Illinois outgained Central Michigan five oh six to four forty seven. Yet lost thirty seven to thirty one. A three to zero turnover ratio, and snow hurt the Huskies. Oh, Wisconsin outgained Indiana, 344 to 261, yet lost 20 to 14. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio, horrible QB play, killed the Badgers. I mean, missing an easy fourth down throw to, to the flat was just bad for Locke, uh, Braden Locke. Wake Forest outgained Duke, 400 to 267, yet lost 24 to 21. Equal turnovers at two, but bad red zone efficiency got the Demon Deacons. Rutgers outgained Ohio State three sixty-one to three twenty-eight. Lost thirty-five to sixteen. Equal turnovers at one, but bad red zone efficiency got the Scarlet Knights. Notre Dame outgained Clemson three twenty-nine to two eighty-five. Yet lost thirty-one to twenty-four. Three to two turnover ratio did in the Irishman. Uh, Cincinnati outgained UCF five fifteen to three ninety-three. Yet lost thirty-one to twenty-four. Um, three to two turnover ratio did in. Actually, sorry, two to zero turnover ratio. Did in the Bearcats. Um, SMU outgain Rice 484 to 290, yet only won 36 to 31. Uh, it looks like they won the turnover battle at 3 to 1, but bad efficiency hurt the spread for SMU. Probably should have covered by a lot more. Miami outgain NC State 292 to 231, yet lost 20 to 6. A 4 to 2 turnover ratio and horrible red zone efficiency caused a hurricane for the Canes. And UTEP outgained Western Kentucky, three sixty-eight to two eighty. Yet lost twenty-one to thirteen. Bad third down efficiency at three for thirteen killed the Miners. College football week eleven betting spots, letdown spots. Indiana will probably be rough at Illinois after beating Wisconsin. Army could let down versus Holy Cross after beating Air Force. Oklahoma State could let down at UCF after beating Oklahoma straight up. The only way I would bet that is UCF next week. Uh, small spread by the way arizona could let down at colorado after beating ucla alabama could be sluggish hosting kentucky nc state at wake forest after beating miami is a soft spot get up spots kansas hosting texas tech is one the big 12 is wide open now duke needs to do something at north carolina wisconsin can wipe off the ugly versus northwestern and missouri can make up some ground hosting tennessee look at spots tennessee could look past missouri to georgia SMU could look past Charlotte to Memphis. Uh, Memphis could look past North Texas to SMU. NFL Week 9 misleading final scores. The Bears outgained the Saints 368 to 301 yet lost 24 to 17. A 5 to 0 turnover ratio and bad penalties got the Bears. As a matter of fact, the penalties weren't even close to even in that game. It's almost like the Saints uh, couldn't do nothing wrong. The Texans outgained the Buccaneers 443 to 251 yet won only one. 39 to 27. So there was, sorry, 39 to 37. I wrote 27, I meant 37. There's equal turnovers at one, but poor red zone defense and nine penalties got the Texans. But man, they outgained the Buccaneers by over 175 yards there, seriously. Um, The Panthers outgained the Colts, 275 to 198, yet lost 27 to 13. Two Bryce Young pick sixes destroyed everyone's teaser leg, including mine. Would have hit with because my Buffalo was on the other side. I was going to middle that sucker. Um, the Cowboys outgained the Eagles 406-291, to 291, yet lost 28-23, to 23, a 1-0 turnover ratio, poor special teams, 10 penalties, and five sacks. Got them boys. NFL Week 10 betting spots, letdown spots. The Raiders could come back to earth against the Jets after whooping the Giants. The Vikings might let down versus the Saints after the crazy Josh Dobbs game. The Bengals could be soft at the Texans, actually versus the Texans at home after beating the 49ers and Bills get up spots. The Bills hosting the Broncos is a spot where they need to do something. The Cowboys can pick on the Giants this week after choking another big game, and the Browns could get revenge over the Ravens this week as well. Look at spots. The Ravens could look past the Browns to the Bengals. The Jets could look past the Raiders to the Bills, and the Bengals looking past the Texans to the Ravens is a real possibility. Um, That moves into our college football Week 11, free play. And I think we're going to go with Boston College here. And I like Boston College in this situation. I think Boston College is just one of those teams that kind of keeps improving as the year goes on. Actually, the spread moved up to two, so we'll give it out at minus two. Um, Virginia Tech kind of coming in. You know, they look good for a little bit, but they're just bad road team, right? And you know, I like to bet... Home road splits. But Virginia Tech, I mean, I like what they did at home against Wake Forest winning thirty to thirteen. Against Syracuse, winning thirty-eight to ten, as we found out Syracuse is completely fake. Then they go to Louisville and only score three points, losing thirty-four to thirty. If you look before that, they lost to Florida State thirty-nine to seventeen. Um at Marshall, they lost twenty-four to seventeen. And at Rutgers, they lost thirty five to sixteen. This team is just terrible on the road. While Boston College has played well at home. You know, they took care of business against Virginia. They almost beat Florida State. Lost 29-31 to at home, which was huge for them. So uh, they just keep better and better. They beat Georgia Tech. Look how good Georgia Tech's been playing. Um, Took care of business at Syracuse. I like them in this situation at home against Virginia Tech. I think they win. If Boston College does have a weakness, it's against the run, but that's where Virginia Tech can't do it. They only average 3.9 rushing yards per attempt. I like Boston College. Take them at minus 2 for 2.5 stars
1: and so then i got a call from him saying we don't have to worry about money no more and i said that's good one less thing this segment
0: was brought to you by ag1 why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food source ingredients of high quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash oddsbreakers or click on our podcast episode description. All right, my friends, now for a little Big Ten preview for the 2023-24 basketball season. All right, can we get into this Big Ten preview then? Starting with best to worst. So, going to get through it semi-quickly and then give you a play that I made at the very end. Now, there's been a decent amount of change in the Big Ten. Only one real new coach coming on in, in Mike Rhodes. For Penn State as Micah Shrewsbury has uh, went to Notre Dame so we'll see what happens there's definitely a lot more turmoil last year but as far as looking at these teams I am not so sure there's that good of teams after the top three I think it gets really mixed up after the top three here and There's been some, I mean, Northwestern was wonderful last year, if you remember, but they lost just so much with Audige and Baran. We're going to do our best here. Uh, The transfer portal has been pretty hot for some of these teams, but not nearly as hot as other schools like in the South. So I kind of rate that as I go through this as well. Starting off with. The top team I have coming back is the Purdue Boilermakers. Now, I know they choked in the big dance, the NCAA tournament, and that's just not surprising with Matt Painter. But here we are again, and he is still the best team in the Big Ten by a little bit. Their Ken Palm ranking last year ended up seventh. After that big choke, it probably jumped down a little bit. I think it was third or fourth before that, personally. But their compound ranking this year is first. Uh, My power rating on them is 15 points better than the average team. They have 4.5 returning starters because I'm going to call any transfer a half a returning starter, being that they have experience. Um, Coach Matt Painter, Braden Smith is back at point guard. Fletcher, lawyer at shooting guard. Uh, Lance Joes transfers in uh, from Southern Illinois. Then you have Mason Gillis back at power forward and Zach Eady. The big man, the huge man, I should say, back at center. Couple sixth man, I wrote is Miles Colvin and Will Berg. A couple recruits, young freshmen. Key losses: Brandon Newman, guard, six points per game, and David Jenkins, guard, three point nine points per game. That's not much. That's not lo- really losing anybody right there. But the recruiting over the last three years, forty eighth ranked uh if you average them together that's what i do and their transfer portal rankings is only 116th getting that one guy from southern illinois and last jones so their record was 29-6 last year but their conference record was 15 and 5 but their ats was 13 20 and 2 if you remember they kind of choked some spreads away and they weren't the best covering team even though they're winning a lot of games by single digits They started off great, and then they flipped. I mean, if you bet Purdue during just the conference season, you probably got smoked. But their schedule is going to be medium hard because they got to play Gonzaga, Bama, uh, Alabama, when I say Bama, and Arizona. And they only get Michigan State and Maryland once. So that's uh, pretty awesome. (laughs) you got to be pretty excited if you're a Purdue fan uh, for that. Uh, Those are the other top teams obviously in the Big Ten because I mentioned them throughout this preview. Uh, They have some rookies in Will Berg, Miles Colvin, uh, Josh First, Cameron Hyde, and Jace Ryle. Their odds to win the Big Ten regular season is two to one, so it's not (laughs) worth betting. I got a better one for you later. Uh, Scoring offense, they were 149th in nation, fifth in the conference. You know, last year, their rebounding was the best and that was pretty much because of zach edie they're the number one rebounding team in the nation and uh they were number one definitely well if they're number one in the big 10 you know they're number one in the nation assists per game they're number two in the big 10 so they passed the ball well what they needed to work on is three point percentage so what i wrote i mean zach edie's gonna be unstoppable again um <laughs> to a certain aspect uh you know obviously he has his bad games like he did in the tournament but they could have been better at shooting threes you know ranking 11th and fe- uh, three-point field goal percentage even though they got a rebound a lot of rebounds that's definitely a problem so um i think that uh basically they need to just suit the three a little bit better this year and uh they'll improve but i can't predict that and they didn't really get a ton of new transfers in minus one guy so Purdue's going to sit at number one for now, but I have a close second in Michigan State. So Michigan State's number two, and I have them 14 points better than the average team. Ken Palm ranking last year was 26. Ken Palm ranking this year is 13th. They return four starters. Tom Izzo's back with point guard A.J. Hoggard, Tyson Walker for shooting guard, Jaden Akins for small forward, uh, power forward Malik Hall, and center will be Maddie Sissoko. And he's played a little bit last year. Uh, Six man will be there. Xavier Booker, uh, Jeremy Fears, and Cohen Carr. Special players, A.J. Hoggard, Tyson Walker, and Malik Hall. Key losses last year, Joey Hauser, the forward, 14.4 points. I thought he was more hot and cold last year, though. So he was the key loss. Pierre Brooks, I guess, small. Three to four points per game was a guard that they lost last year. They're recruiting, though. The last three years averaged 18th. And their transfer portal rankings are zero because they didn't get any transfers. Now, their 2023 record, 22-23, 21-13, 11-8 in the conference. And 17 for 17 against the spread. So really at 50% against the spread if you're betting on them. So you're going to find out this, these conference records. If you remember the 12th team in the big 10 last year was only two games away from like the third team in the big 10. So the seating was all the way up to the very end in the big 10. That's kind of how mixed it was after Purdue, but schedule is going to be hard this year, of course, because they schedule hard Duke Baylor and Arizona will be their keys in the non-con and they get Maryland twice, but only Purdue once at least. Uh, the rookies will be Xavier Booker, Cohen Carr, Jeremy Fears, and Garrig Norm- uh, Normand. So they get one five-star and two four-stars there. So that's pretty awesome for their recruiting. Their odds to win the Big Ten regular season? Three to one. So not great odds for that either. Last year, they were a wonderful three-point team. Third in the nation in three-point field goal percentage and first in the Big Ten so 39.3%, three-point field goal percentage, that's pretty dang good. And they were number one in free throw percentage, number 35th in the nation at 75.9% for free throws, uh, third for rebounding margin. They were just a solid team all over, you know. Um, the scoring defense was seventh in the Big Ten, so the defense could have been a little bit better, but... I just see improvement here, and they return pretty much everybody minus Hauser. So I think they're going to be a very powerful team. They didn't get transfers, but I guess if you're recruiting like they did in the last year or two, that's going to be quite all right. So Michigan State, number two. Number three, Maryland. I have 12.5 t- uh, points better than the average team. Their Ken Palm rating from last year is 23rd. Their Ken Palm ranking this year is 22nd. Uh, returning starters 2.5 Um, I, I they also got some sixth man coming in too so I'll get into that Kevin Willard's back at Maryland and point guard will be Jameer Young again Deshaun Harris Smith will shoot, slide into the shooting guard has experience from last year Jordan Geronimo transfers in for uh, shooting or small forward Dante Scott is back at power forward and Julian Reese is back for center Uh, Some 6 men: are Chance Stevens and Jahari Long, two transfers. And Deshaun Harris-Smith is going to be a special player along with Jameer Young and Dante Scott. Uh, Key losses were Hakeem Hart at guard at 11.4 points per game, so they'll miss him a little bit. But Don Carey at guard is only a role player at 7.4 points per game. Ian Martinez at guard at 5.7, kind of a role player. Uh, Transfers in. Jordan Geronimo from Indiana. He'll be a good transfer right there. And that's why he's starting at small forward. Chance Stevens uh, at guard, transfer from Loyola Marymount. And Maddie Truer, sophomore forward, transfer from New Mexico State. They're 22 and 13, 11 and 9 in the Big Ten, and 22 and 13 against the spread. Maryland was a wonderful team to bet on. Their schedule is going to be actually medium easy this year. They get UCLA and Villanova in the non-con. And only one time do they play Purdue in Michigan State. So they have some uh, interesting rookies coming on. And um, and I don't know if I said that. The recruiting last three years was 55th, and their transfer portal rankings are 69th. So kind of in the mix there, but nothing great. Deshaun Harris-Smith, a freshman. Jamie Kaiser, a freshman. uh, Jonathan Lamoth, a freshman. And Braden Pierce, a freshman. Their odds to win the Big Ten regular season are 7-1, to and I like those odds, and I am playing Maryland to win the Big Ten. Look, Maryland was fantastic last year, in my opinion. I like them because they played some very good defense last year. And just in the Big Ten themselves, they ranked number four in scoring defense. So I like that. They could have shot a lot better. field goal percentage was only 10th. They ranked 8th at three-point percentage themselves, 7th in free-throw percentage. Just a lot in the middle. But, you know, I just like who they have returning here. And I like Jordan Geronimo coming on in from uh, Indiana. I also like Chance Stevens coming in from Loyola Marymount. I think there's going to have a lot of role players on this team. And I think if they get hot, they're going to be able to make some noise in the Big Ten. I think the 7 to 1 is good because of the schedule being a lot easier than some of the other teams in the Big 10 having to play Purdue and Michigan State twice. So we're going to take them at 7 to 1 to win the Big 10 uh 7.5 to 1 and that's regular season. They can still lose the Big 10 tournament and you'd still be cashing that ticket. Let's move on to Illinois. And they're next at 9. Points better than the average team so a little bit of a drop there i their ken palm rankings from last year is 35th but ken palm likes them at 19th this year so ken palm has them the third best team in the big 10 i'd say fourth Their returning starters are four brad underwood is back with ty rogers at point guard terrence shannon at shooting guard Luke Good is uh, now going to be starting at small forward, I believe. Coleman Hawkins is back at power forward, and Dane Danger is back at center. Six-man, Marcus Domask and Quincy Gary are going to be probably the most off the bench. Special players, Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins. So their key losses were Matthew Mayer. You remember he transferred from Baylor, but he was averaging 12.5 points per game, and they lost Jaden Epps, a guard that, they averaged 9.5 points per game. Then Sky Clark, 7 points per game. And R.J. Melendez, 6 points per game. A uh, ton of transfers in. Marcus Dom- Damask, I believe, uh, from Southern Illinois. I'm not familiar with him. Quincy Garrier, forward from Oregon. Then they have uh, Keaton Kutcher, guard transfer from South Dakota. Justin Harmon, a transfer from Utah Valley. And Max Williams, a transfer from DePaul. Most of these guys are guards, except for Quincy Guerrier. So they were twenty-three and thirteen last year, only eleven and nine in the Big Ten, and seventeen, fifteen, and one against the spread. Their schedule this year is hard because they get Marquette and they get FAU, who was a Final Four team last year, if you remember, and Tennessee. They get Purdue and Michigan State twice. So I mean, I would have might have liked Illinois a little bit more to win the Big Ten at their number, in which is uh, eight to one. But not when you have Purdue and Michigan State twice. I'd like them once a lot more with Maryland. So they have some rookies in Dre Gibbs, Lawhorn, Amani, Hansberry, Niccolo Moretti. Illinois was very bad at three-point percentage, 329th in the nation and 14th in the Big Ten. Their defense was average at sixth at scoring defense and their scoring offense was just better in general, hitting the hole, being third in the conference. Their free throw percentage was bad at twelve. I mean, I, they need to improve their three-point shooting if I'm going to take them on seriously, especially this day and age. You need shooters, and uh, if hopefully they find some production in their guards. They got a lot of transfers in. Maybe that helps them a little bit, but right now they are at fourth in my power ratings. Indiana is next, 7.5 points better than the average team. They are 30th in Ken Palm last year and 49th in Ken Palm this year. They only return 2.5 starters with Mike Woodson. Xavier Johnson comes back at point guard. Trey Galloway comes back at shooting guard, but Mackenzie Mabaco is going to start now at small forward. Power forward will be Malik Renault and Kalea Ware will transfer in and start at center. Anthony Walker and C.J. Gunn will be the six-man type situation. Special players, Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway. So look what they lost last year. Trace Jackson Davis averaging 20.9 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game. Jalen hood Shafino, 13.5 points per game as well. So that's bad. Uh, Race Thompson forward, 8.4 points per game. Miller Kopp 8.1 8.1 points per game. Jordan Geronimo, who transferred to Illinois, 4.2 points per game. Tanner Bates, 6.1 points per game. They just lost to everybody, you know. And they got some transfers in, like Jackson Creel, Jr. from uh, Juco College. Uh, Peyton Sparks, transfer from Ball State. Anthony Walker, transfer from Florida. And uh, Khalil Ware, uh, center, transfer from Oregon, will be their biggest transfer coming in, starting at center. 23 and 12 last year 12 and 8 in the uh conference and uh they were 16 18 and 1 against the spread so they weren't exactly a money maker for you this year their schedule is medium hard they get kansas and yukon and uh purdue and maryland twice so that's not good they get michigan state once i believe uh they have a bunch of rookies i'm not even going to go through their names now that we kind of are moving down a little bit. I guess Gabe Cups, James Goodis. I'll just mention a few of them. We don't know who all is going to make the team for sure. Nine and one uh, was odds to win the Big Ten regular season, and uh, I'm not going to make any bets on them. Last year, they're great at field goal percentage with Trace Jackson Davis down there and defense ranking number two. But those losses will be really tough to uh, recoup. You know, they didn't shoot a lot of threes last year. Uh, they're only 324th in attempted threes, but they ranked fourth in field three-point field goal percentage. So, um, you know, they were a good shooting team. They just had so much that to lose, and that's why I don't like them as much this year. The front court with uh, Xavier Johnson and Galloway is hard to trust right now because they transferred in, and they're, it's just basically pulling back their guards when their big men were the heart and soul of this team. So. um not in love with Indiana. They do have a great basketball name. Some people have the next team higher than Indiana. Wisconsin. I don't. Wisconsin is ranked 20th on Ken Palm last year was 61st on Ken Pom. I have them seven points better than the average team power rating wise. Greg Gard is back with Chucky Hepburn back at point guard. Max Klesmet is back at shooting guard. Connor Asijin will probably be a full-time starter instead of a six-man. At the small forward position, Tyler Wall all well, he's been there forever at Power Ford, and he had the yips last year because he couldn't hit anything. And Steven Crawl will crawl to the center position. Hopefully, he's uh, gotten a little bit faster. I doubt it, but uh, their six man, AJ store and Carter Gilmore. Special players, I just put Carter a siege in. Maybe Chucky Hepburn, too, but he's been just so inconsistent. They lost uh, Jonathan Davis's brother, Jordan Davis. He only had 5.1 points per game. Now, the problem why everyone thinks that Wisconsin is going to be good is because they're returning a bunch of guys. But, uh, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> are they going to improve? They did the last few years. It was the same guys. I, I think they kind of topped off a little bit. No chance at the NBA. Um, they got a transfer in AJ Store coming from St. John's. Let's see if he can do anything as a sixth man from the start. They were 20-15. and 15 in their record last year, but only 9-11 in the Big Ten. Uh, 15, 18, and 2 last year against the spread. So not good. They're against this their their schedule this year is hard because they get Arizona, they get Marquette, and they get Tennessee. Purdue and Michigan State twice. So they'll have it hard. Couple recruits, John Blackwell, Luke Hurdle, Jack Janicky. So we'll see how these young kids develop. 15-1 and win that regular season, which is absolutely terrible. If there isn't a season-win total posted on them, please tell me because I want to bet the under. I am not big on Wisconsin this year. I am not big on Greg Gard. They were they shot a lot of threes, ranking third in attempts, but only sixth in percentage. <clears throat> Their free throws were terrible, ranking 11th in the Big Ten. Their rebounding margin was horrible, ranking 13th in the Big Ten couldn't rebound their misses Um, their turnovers were good they didn't turn the ball over a lot but you know they play slow and that's what slow teams do their scoring defense was fifth in the nation fade central for me um, I think everyone's way off on this team I would be trying to fade them uh, immediately I think that as soon as they play a a team with a pulse is when you want to look at it maybe grab some dogs in this situation but I see NIT, unfortunately, as the best bet for my Badgers. I hope I'm wrong. I always hope I'm wrong when I'm not high on my team, but it's just not looking good um, from those some of those guys that they bring back. And Tyler Wall, he better get rid of the yips that he had last year because that was very disheartening. Northwestern, I have them tied for Wisconsin at 7th. Um, Ken Palm last year was 38th. Ken Palm this year's 40th. They returned 2.5 starters. Chris Collins is back at coach with Boo Boo. He, he's been there forever as point guard there ty berry at shooting guard and then ryan Langboard transfers into shooting uh, small forward brooks B- barnheiser is uh, now going to start at power forward and Matthew nicholson will finally now start at center justin mullins transfers into the six men i guess brooks barnheiser and boo buoy are their special players but look what they lost last year their best player in chase audige he was a beast last year on the defense as well 14.1 points per game uh 3.4 rebounds per game he was so good and then robbie bran their forward 3.5 7.5 points per game and 3 4.5 rebounds per game i think these guys were really the heart and soul of the, of the team you know boo boo is the leader i guess but he didn't really seem to lead as good as chase audige did the recruiting the last three years just 66 transfer portal rankings 61st nothing too high slightly Transfer Portal was better than what Wisconsin did at 89th but some of their uh, transfers in was Ryan Langborg senior from Princeton, Justin Mullen sophomore from Denver, and Blake Preston senior from Liberty. The record last year was a nice 22 and 12 for Northwestern, that was wonderful. 12 and 8 in the Big 10, 21 for 13 in the against the spread. They were a wonderful team to bet on especially away. If you remember betting Northwestern away was a moneymaker their schedule is actually medium easy this year though they get ASU DePaul and Dayton for their main big name teams that that's not too hard and then uh, Purdue and Maryland twice will be tough in the regular season Uh, Michigan State will be once most likely a couple rookies Blake Barkley Jordan Clayton and Parker Strauss Oz a win the Big Ten 25 to 1 no bet for me this team was amazing on defense, but they couldn't shoot well on the offense. Three-point percentage was only 12th. They uh, rebounded not as good as they needed to. Tenth in rebound margin. Assists per game was ninth. But their field goal defense ranked third. And uh, their scoring defense ranked third. And uh, if they just shot better, they'd be a lot better than they even were last year just because that how good that defense was. So I, I still have to keep them kind of high based upon their change in philosophy to playing such good defense last year. But I am very concerned for who they lost. Michigan's next. You think that uh, I have them low. Ken Palm's got them at 44th this year, pretty much where they ended them off at 44th. Sixth is the – I have six points better than the average team. Jawan Howard is back. Don't like him as a coach. Point guard Doug McDaniel should be starting now this year. Uh, Jalen Llewellyn is back at shooting guard. Um, there's only 2.5 returning starters. Terrence Williams is back at power forward, but Nemarni Burnett at small forward will now start. And uh, we have a, a center transfer and Olivier Nakamo- Nakamoa. I always say his name wrong. Six man should be either Jace Howard and probably Trey Jackson. Uh, special players, Jalen Llewellyn and uh, Oliver Nakamoa. So who, who they lose? Pff, a lot. Hunter Dickinson. 18.5 points per game. Jet Howard, 14.2 points per game. <laughs> Hunter Dickinson also had nine rebounds per game, by the way. Kobe Bufkin, 14 points per game. Joey Baker, 5.7 points per game. They lost a ton of production last year. Their recruiting last three-year average was 28th. Their transfer portal rank is this year's 51st. Namari Burnett transfers in from Alabama. Trey Jackson uh, transfers in from Seton Hall. And Oliver Nakamoa uh, transfers in from Tennessee. Well, that was a good transfer from Tennessee, but I don't think he's as good as what they lost in Hunter Dickinson. They were 18 for 16 last year, 11-9 and uh, for their conference, and 19-14-1 against the spread. They were really weird. They were bad for a while, and then teams kind of – they, they started out good, then they got really bad, and then they ended up somewhat good against the spread. Schedule, medium-easy. St. John's, Oregon, and Florida – and they get Purdue and Michigan State twice, so that's not good. But um, they have some rookies Harrison Huckberg, uh forward, and uh, George Washington, the third uh, guard. They are 30 to 1, the big, the big 10, so it's uh, do or die, I think, for Howard here. I This team could make some threes last year, ranking fourth in the nation, or fourth in the Big 10, 134th in the nation. But what they didn't do well was pass the ball. They only ranked 11th in assist. They are only ranked 11th in scoring defense, 8th in field goal percentage, and 8th in field goal defense. So just not a great team all around. And, you know, you see why. Uh, the coaching is my opinion on why. Tied with Michigan. Next, I have Iowa, the Hawkeyes. So the Iowa would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, seventh eighth so Iowa would be eighth or tied for eighth Fran McCaffrey is back Uh power rating is six points better than the average team Ken Palm rating last year's 41st Ken Palm ranking this year's 50th returning starters is three Fran McCaffrey coaching Tony Perkins is now in for sh- point guard Peyton Stanford is back or Sanford is back for a uh, shooting guard not back he's they're actually young and They're taking over the starting positions, but Pat McCaffrey, who's been there forever, the McCaffrey brothers, uh, is the small forward there. Ben Creakey transfers in for power forward, and Evan Bronze transfers in for center. A couple new kids that will be six-man Brock Harding and Price Sanfort. And the special players are Ben Creakey and Patrick McCaffrey and Tony Perkins, maybe uh they lost chris murray last year another murray and uh he's gone 20.2 points per game 7.9 rebounds per game that's a rough one uh flip rebecca rebraca forward last year i remember him 14.1 points per game so he was good and uh aaron ulis guard 6.1 points per game so they lost a decent amount their recruiting last three years averaged 52nd and their transfer portal rankings rank 81st transfers in evan browns senior center from belmont and ben crikey senior forward from valparaiso last year where they were 19 and 14 they're 11 and 9 in the big 10 and 17 and 16 against the spread they're uh, scheduled medium hard at creighton and at iowa state are really their main tough games and then Purdue twice and Maryland once a couple young kids coming in freshman or rookies uh, Laji, uh Demabelli sorry if I messed your name up Owen Freeman Brock Harding Price Sanfort and last year you know this team for shooting a ton of threes ranking second in attempts they only were seventh in field goal percentage so that's really what happened to them last year and um you know that's rough. They uh, they got to be able to hit those. Um, if you remember Bohan, and he was such a good player for them, he's gone too. You know he he was he used to be the heart and soul, shooting free threes. They are scoring defense, 14th, dead last because they played fast, so they allowed a lot of points. But their field goal percentage defense was 14th too. It's just Iowa; they play fast, and if they're not scoring a ton, they're going to lose fast. And that's kind of what they were last year, and that's why they didn't make the big dance. You know. So they have their issues. Uh, Their odds to win the Big Ten regular season is all the way at 40-1. to So not a lot of belief in the marketplace. Uh, I don't have a lot of belief either. Going to find out how this team looks without Chris Murray, and we're going to find out real quick. Um, They do have a manageable non-conference at least. Their recruiting has been decent, so I could see them maybe striking some lightning in the bottle like they have before with some of those big guys that they've had, but um, they just need to play better defense and they have to play. Uh, even though if they're going to keep that fast pace, which I see they, them doing with Fran McCaffrey, uh, they got to just be able to hit some shots. I, I'm i not a big face fast paced guy when it comes to college. Uh, I think you should be able to do, do it both ways. Like you saw Yukon and other championships teams doing it. But um, in my opinion, I'll be laying off this team until I learn more. Next, we have Rutgers. And I also have them six points above the average team, so I guess they're pretty tight as well. Uh, 39th, it was Ken Palm rankings last year. 59th is Ken Palm rating this year. Uh, They returned 3.5 starters. Steve Pekiel is uh, the coach coming back, and uh, now they have some transfers. Point guard Noah Fernandos and Austin Williams will transfer in for a shooting guard. And I might as well just let you know where they come from this year. Uh, Noah Fernandez came in from UMass, and Austin Williams comes in from Florida International Senior Guards. So they're projected to start, but I expect a rotation. Mawat Mag is back at small forward. Andre Hyatt is in at power forward, Um, and uh, he's played some... Some uh, minutes last year. Uh, Clifford Omayuri is uh, back at center. He's a beast. Uh, six man will be Gavin Griffiths, a young man there that played a little last year, and their special players are Cliff Omayuri and Mawat Mag. Key losses are Cam Spencer, their guard, heart and soul of the team, 13.2 points per game. Caleb McConnell, who's been there forever, 9.1 points per game, and Paul McKay, he, um okay, he up uh, uh, 8.3 points per game ranking 75th in the last 3 years of recruiting and 96 in the transfer portal. They got a lot of transfers in Noah Fernandez, Jacob Morales from um Division 3 school, Emmanuel Ugboli from a JUCO college. So we'll see how they turn out. Last year they were 19 and 15, uh 10 and 10 in the Big 10, 19 14 and 1 against the spread, but their schedule is very easy. They get a Georgetown team in transition. They get Wake Forest in transition. They get Mississippi State. Um, They only get Maryland twice, so that's good. The rest they get Purdue and Michigan State once. And they have some rookies in Jamichael Davis, freshman guard, Gavin Griffiths, freshman guard, and Daniel Vesey, freshman guard. 50-1 is their number, and it's kind of a tasty little number here if uh, they strike lightning with some of those guards here coming in. That Would certainly improve this team uh, because you still have Cliff ormer Yuri and you still have a Mawat Mack. Maw- 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 Maw. So I, I found this an interesting case to make. You know, uh, if Maryland doesn't turn out well, then it's good that you get them twice, right? So I considered a little sprinkle on Rutgers. I don't know yet, but uh, 50 to 1, pretty good numbers. The problem last year, they couldn't hit a three. They're 13th in three-point three percentage and 12th in uh, just normal field goal percentage. Their defense is wonderful, number one in scoring defense, number one in field goal defense. So they played really good defense, but they couldn't hit threes. Well, maybe the new guys that are coming in can hit threes. You know, they lost their backcourt, which was the strength of the team, though. So I, I am worried about them. But if the transfers are good, this team will be good. Watch them the first game, see how it goes, is what I say. The 50-to-1 is a nice number here for Rutgers next we have Ohio State that is 4.5 points better than the average team on my power rankings 49th on Ken Palm last year 35th on Ken Palm this year they only return two starters Chris Holtman is back and Bruce Thornton is starting at point guard again and Zed Key will be coming back at center but the rest you'll have Roddy Gile or Gale uh, a young kid moving in finally to starting at uh, shooting guard who played last year scotty Milton, same deal at small forward and a Jamison battle actually comes in and transfers from penn state at power forward dale bonner will be a six man um so zed Key's is a special player that's back at least um, they lost a lot of players uh bryce sensible and he was uh 16.3 points per game last year if you remember justin suing 12.3 points per game sean mcneil 9.7 points per game and uh isaac likely played some and he was only four points per game but he was a head case but um 23rd the last three years in recruiting which is just pretty good 22 actually 22nd and 35th in the transfer portal ranking so jameson bale comes in from minnesota why did i say penn I meant minnesota dale bonner comes in from baylor um Evan, oh, there's an Evan Mahaffey. That's why I said Penn State. He comes in from uh, Penn State here. So they got a lot of transfers. They were only 16 for 19 last year, five for 15 in the conference. They were terrible in the Big Ten. They did really well in the non-conference and just completely showed their true colors when they p- played the Big Ten. And against the spread, they were only 14 for 21. At least their schedule's medium, easy. They get Texas A&M, Alabama, and UCLA. And they only uh, get once for... All three of these guys, Maryland, Michigan State, and Purdue. So I think that is very beneficial for them, But and that's why it's medium easy, even though they get Bam on Texas A&M in a rebuilding UCLA team. Odds uh, to win the Big Ten regular seasons, all the way down to 15-1. to 1. Um, Not a big fan of Ohio State and Chris Holtman. They were awful at defense last year, ranking 10th in scoring defense, 10th in field goal defense. They were third in field goal percentage, so you thought they should have played better and won more games, but just the defense just allowed so much. Um, they also didn't pass the ball well, only 12th in assists per games. So I wrote that this team started out great then just choked in Big Ten. All offense, no defense will do that. This team lost everyone, relying basically on said key and a bunch of hope. Um, maybe it's Javis in battle too, but... They at least recruited well over the past few years, so we'll see if uh, I'm wrong about them and they move on up in the rankings. All right, three left. Nebraska, <laughs> they are 3.5 better than the average team. 94th Ken Palm rating last year. They have 58th this year coming into the season. They returned 3.5 starters. Fred Hoiberg is back at coach. Uh, Jamarquez Lawrence now will be starting at point guard. Played a little last year. Uh, Kesai Tominga will be at shooting guard back, and C.J. Wilcher is back at small forward, and Juwan Gary is back at power forward. They have a transferring center in Rank Mast comes in, and a couple six men: Josiah Alec and Aaron Euliss. So C.J. Wilcher and Kasai Tominga are their special players, I suppose. But they did lose a lot with Derek Walker, 13.6 points per game. Sam Greasel, 12 points per game. Um, Emmanuel Baudomeni, and he was at 8.4 points per game and a few others. This team, uh, 48th in recruiting, averaged the last three years, 32nd in transfer portal rankings. So... They have uh, Josiah Alec, a uh, forward from New Mexico, transferring in. Uh, Rank Mast from Bradley is coming in, uh, Jr. And Aaron Eulis, a junior guard, is transferring from Iowa. And Bryce Williams, junior guard, transferring from Charlotte. This team was 16-16 last year, 9-11 in the Big Ten. As you can see, this Big Ten was clogged last year. 13-19 for 19 against the spread. Their schedule is easy. They get Creighton, Kansas State, and Oregon State for their tougher games, I guess. And then the Big Three, Purdue, Maryland, and Michigan, all only once. So wonderful for Nebraska for that part of it. A couple of freshmen, Henry Burt, Ramal Lloyd, and Eli Rice. The big win the Big Ten regular season is 40 to 1. So last year, I mean, this team couldn't play defense, ranking 12th in scoring defense seventh in field goal defense so they would just let a lot, a lot of fast breaks happen i guess um as well as uh fouling it looks like they fouled a lot but the problem was they turned the ball over that you know that's that was a big part of it and i think uh you know 12 twelfth in turnovers per game was why you see that field goal defense also seventh while the scoring defense was 12 13th in free throw percentage. Yeah, they just weren't a, weren't a good put, put together team, but that is Fred Hoyberg. You know, he hasn't done anything to impress me. I remember he was the coach of the Bulls for a while, and it was actually Iowa State, I believe, before that. Uh, he was actually good back then. This team was scrappy, though. You know, they surprised many, but they need to get better free throws, free pointers, and. Uh, they just you be careful with them because they're going to go on a hot street and beat like Purdue and Michigan State or something like that and just shock the hell out of everybody. they 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 tend to do that thing over in Nebraska. Um, they did lose three of their top five guys, which hurts, but maybe Hoiberg can figure out how to turn this team around. All right, number 13 is Penn State, then and they rank two points better than the average Big Ten team 36 on Ken Palm Ring last year, but only 85th this year. They returned. I wrote 2.5 starters, but it's really zero because I give a half a point for transfers, and this team's built on transfers like Minnesota was last year. All transfers. Mike Rhodes comes in to coach this team. He was actually wonderful over at VCU, I thought. Um, Plays great defense, so that could be their saving grace. Ace Baldwin comes in for point guard, Ray Quondas Mitchell for uh, shooting guard, Leo O'Boyle for small forward, Zach Hicks for power forward, Kudis Wahab for center. Six man will be uh, Kansi Clary, young guy that played a little last year, and Nick Kern transferring in. Their special players are Kudis Wahab. And they lost a ton last year. I mean, everybody. Jalen Pickett, 17.7 points. Seth Lundy, 14.2 points. Andrew Funk, 12.5 points. Cameron Winter, 8.9 points. Miles Dredd, 5.5 points. Everybody, okay? So it don't matter. Their recruiting, though, has not been good. And they don't really even factor into that. Because, well, <laughs> they uh, built their whole team based upon transfers. So I just put NA for the recruiting average. Uh even the year before, they got a lot of transfers, but um, their key new players really are transfers from everywhere. They got Favor Ayer, transfer from Miami, who might play a little bit. Uh, Ace Baldwin from VCU. A couple guys from VCU. Nick Kern from VCU. Uh, DeMarco Dunn from North Carolina. Zach Hitz from Temple um, as a forward. Puff Johnson from North Carolina. Just. A ton of guys, and obviously Kudis, Waha, but senior forward, transfer from Georgetown that's going to be playing um, some center. 23-14 and 14 last year. They are a good team last year, 10-10 and 10 in the Big Ten, but an amazing against a spread record if you're betting on Penn State. 22-13-2. They have a medium-easy schedule this year. Texas A&M and Georgia Tech are their main names. Purdue only once, but Michigan State and Maryland twice. So... They only have one rookie, uh, Brad G. Gunmundason, some freshman guard there. Uh, their odds to win the Big Ten are 80-1. to 1. I mean, it would take a lot for uh, Mike Rhodes to bring a bunch of transfers in and do something well. It didn't work at all for Minnesota, and that's why they're still the worst team in the Big Ten. But uh, crazier things have happened. Um, we'll just see what happens with uh, the, some of the kids that came from VCU. because VCU actually wasn't that bad of a team last year. They were pretty good. Been pretty good over the past few years and Mike Rhodes has done a, a, a really good job so I will have to be prepared to move these guys up quickly if they uh, start out really well and finally Minnesota their, their power rings average I have and I'm not even sure if I'm too high their Ken Palm rating from last year was 216 but Ken Palm this year gives them some some leeway at 112th this year which is above average you know average is going to be around the 162 163 um Actually, sorry, 182, 183 being there's 366 teams. So he has them as above average. I don't. Uh, three returning starters. Ben Johnson's back at coach. And when I say three starters, it's mostly because of uh, the two transfers coming in Elijah Hawkins and Mike Mitchell for their point guard and guard. Joshua Ola Joseph should now be starting at small forward from last year. Uh, Dawson Garcia at uh, power forward is back. And Farrell Payne at center is back. Jack Wilson should be the sixth man. Um, key losses: is Jamison Battle transferring out 12.4 points per game. Taylon Cooper at 9.8 points per game. Jaden Henley, 5.3 points per game. Uh, transfers in Mike Mitchell from Pepperdine, a guard. Uh, Elijah Hawkins from Howard, a guard. And Jack Wilson from Washington State. That is uh, going to be a sixth man probably. But he's a center. So... This team was nine for twenty-two last year, two and seventeen in the conference. How bad is that? They won two Big Ten regular season games, 13 for 16 and 2, though, against a spread. So they did cover some spreads. They actually almost beat some teams like Michigan, if I remember. Um at Michigan. Some really weird situations how they almost covered. So they weren't the worst team to bet on. They were just a bad team in general for winning. Their schedule's really easier this year, though. Missouri, San Fran, and UTSA is my main teams he's playing. I kind of put San Fran up there because I love the Dons, but uh, Purdue and Maryland are only once this year, which is nice. Michigan State will be twice. Um, their rookies, Cameron Christie, Chris Stepas, Kenias, uh, Caden Betts, and Eric Reeder. They're 150-1 to one to win the Big Ten regular season, and I think that's way too... Way too high. I, I think it should be like 500 to one. <laughs> so um, when I say high, I mean it's way too bad. It should be higher number, 500 to one, let's say. Uh, more of the same thing with transfers, but um, I guess at least Dawson Garcia stays with this team. They're the, he was like the only guy with a pulse. Um, I can't be optimistic, though, with the Gophers. It's going to be too hard up top in the Big Ten. So we'll see if they're the stepping stone or if they can actually put a little fight up for Ben Johnson. This year, so there you have it. That's my Big Ten preview. I uh, Hope you didn't bore you too much, but uh, you know, I like getting into college basketball early, and uh, I do specialize in the Big Ten. I recommend you specialize in the conference as well. And uh, Maryland's my only bet to win the Big Ten regular season at seven point five two one. Now let's get into some fantasy football with our guy D Nasty. All right, it's time for some fantasy football week. 10, and D-Nasty is back. Dave, well, with the time change and everything, we're a little earlier than normal, and it looks like the Chargers uh, just scored again, my friend. 27-6. to I'm glad I laid the points with the Chargers uh, a long time ago, but um, it just looks like the Jets can't get much offense going.
1: No, that's been their problem all year, too. Uh, Zach Wilson's definitely not the answer. He hasn't turned the ball over much until tonight, but... Last couple games he's been pretty solid, but tonight he had a couple fumbles though. So uh back to his turnover prone ways again. But uh yeah, the Chargers are definitely the better team on offense though, as you can see tonight.
0: Yep, yep. They they are better at all at all times than the Jets. (laughs) It's not just tonight. It's uh the Jets are just bad on offense. And uh, you know, um their offensive line's banged up too, you know. So a lot of people say, Oh, if they only had Aaron Rodgers, well, their offensive line sucks. Uh and that's a problem. You know, it's going to be a problem for the Jets throughout the rest of the season. Uh, once the Chargers scored first, it was probably a good live betting scenario where you go with the Chargers. Now they're up 27 to 6. You know, it's just Jets can't uh, play from behind. They're terrible at throwing the ball. And, you know, I mean, Wilson hits a few, but he's usually just getting sacked and incompletes and just that kind of thing. But either way, it's a, we're rolling into Week 10. We have some bye weeks, Dave, don't we? Don't we have some big ones?
1: We do have some big ones this week. The first one off the, the bat is going to be the Chiefs. So get all those Chiefs on your bench. The big one's going to be Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Those are two big guys that are going to be on by this week. So Pacheco, for
0: sure. Pacheco, too. Pacheco, yeah. But and what's funny is, like, out. we're not even mentioning a Chiefs receiver. Isn't that weird? It's like, who cares? I mean, <laughs> Valdes Gantling, Tony, seriously. And then
1: Rasheed Rice, maybe he's been coming. Maybe out. Rice.
0: Um, maybe. maybe Rice, but that's it. I wouldn't start Rice. Well, I'm not yeah, starting
1: any of the receivers right now on that team either. And McCarl Hammond, after the trade, I thought he was going to do a little something, but uh, we haven't really—they haven't really called his name yet either. So, yeah, I'm not really starting any Chiefs receivers right now. Pat Mahomes is the big guy, and Kelsey; those are the two main guys. Uh the rams have got the two nice. You got Puka Nuka and Cooper Cup. Uh, you're not really starting Stanford right now because he's hurt. Uh, and then the running backs—that's just a mess. Then too, maybe Henderson—that's their starting running back right now, but. Uh, that's just a big mess, too, so you're really not starting any of those running backs. Dolphins, that's a huge one. Yeah. Uh, two is on by this week. Hill, three kill. Uh, Jaleen Waddle. So those are some big names out there that you're going to be on your uh, Don't so forget
0: like, Monster Dave. Come on now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> actually, I did on purpose.
0: <laughs> yeah, I knew you did.
1: <laughs> so anyways, those are some big ones. And Monster too. He's actually been playing well. I haven't really heard from Monster the last couple of weeks, though, but uh, he you got, a you got a touchdown last week. He got a touchdown. Yeah, a touchdown. But uh, that—that's—that was all you got you for fantasy last week, though. He didn't get you any much yardage, though. So it was just a uh, weird
0: game job. in Germany, man. You know, that fourteen was. points. They were down twenty-one, nothing in half, and and seven points was the defense, and it's just a bad fantasy game, really, in general.
1: It was, yeah. Uh, it, I, I started and
0: I I benched Tua for C.J. Stroud, so that was not a well, bad I idea. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. I lost
1: against CJ C- Stroud in one of my big money leagues, too. So, And he had Tank Dell, too, that he decided to put in at the last minute. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that'll do it. Bet. Double whammy right there. Oh, yeah. And, and I had CJ Stroud in that league until two weeks ago, and I dropped him. Oh, So, brutal. yeah. That brutal. guy was – Stroud was pissed that I dropped him a couple weeks ago, so he came back and haunted me. Yeah, he did. He he knew it was so you. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> He's like, screw you, Dave. I'm coming back and dropping 50 on you. All right.
0: Then we have the Eagles. The Eagles.
1: The Eagles, yes. Another big one. And there's a big injury, too, that we'll get into here shortly for the Eagles as well. A couple injuries on the Eagles. But, yeah, Uh, Dallas Godard, uh, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, uh, maybe Possibly Kenneth Gainwell or deandre swift but you're probably not starting either one of them but yeah definitely the two starting receivers and hurts those are those are huge losses this week for people on by
0: oh for sure yeah and get yep pivoting right into the key injuries i mean you just said it dallas go broke his forearm He's probably out six to eight i think i know there's some people said four to six but it's a broken bone um no reason no reason to rush him back keep him for the playoffs or just maybe the last two or three weeks before and Get him going there. You know, that's what I say. And, you know, there's another uh, tight end that you can pick up off waivers, we'll get into as well. Uh, but Josh Palmer he didn't get hurt last week, but he was put on IR, just put on IR today. So I'm like, okay, well, that'll be backdated. So he's going to miss three more games. So. I, I thought I'd mention that one as well. Too bad for Palmer. Yeah,
1: it's a very good one actually. Palmer's been playing really well too. And I, I had him on a couple leagues, so I was, sort of, I was kind of shocked when they put him on IR. That he was possibly going to play this week, he played through it last week, but you could tell he wasn't right. So, right. Uh, and then Jalen Hurts actually too is his knee uh, after getting hit by Micah Parsons before halftime limped to the sideline, so his knee still bothered him. But the bye week should he should be good to go after the bye week, but it's apparently just a bruise he suffered earlier this right. year. All right. Christian uh,
0: Watson had a concussion and uh, he might play next week. Uh, John Mechie left with a rib injury, so um, just better for guys like Taint Dell, which we'll get into. Josh Downs went on knee, uh, got a knee injury as well. Um, uh, Daniel Jones tore his ACL and is out for the season. That's uh, brutal for Giants people because Tyrod Taylor just went on the IR for a little while. I don't know what happened to Tyrod. What was his ankle or knee or something? I don't know what happened to him, but...
1: His ankle, yeah, yeah, it was his ankle.
0: Okay. He he went out, so you have no, actually, a
1: rib issue. I'm sorry, it was a ribs. It was his ribs.
0: This it must have been broken because if you don't go in IR without yeah. for ribs, it's a rib
1: issue. i mean it right here. Actually, he was sidelined on injury reserve with a rib issue.
0: Issue. You know what's interesting is um they just have no quarterback now. Um, no, yeah,
1: Tommy but, DeVito is not gonna be the, the guy I'm going uh, to, the that to be the guy. I'm going. He wasn't that good in college.
0: I mean, he was okay in college, but he wasn't. Yeah, Tommy DeVito with a terrible offensive line. Jeez, the Giants are just in shambles this
1: year—freaking shambles. They're saying Matt Barkley might actually play this week though. Now they're saying Matt Barkley might want to the practice squad and start.
0: I agree with him.
1: I think Matt Barkley's better than him. Yeah, I think Matt uh, Barkley. I agree. Matt Barkley's got some experience too, actually. Which yeah, he played in the Bears a little bit. I've seen. Knock.
0: I've seen him play. It is okay. A, a DJ Jalis left with a shoulder injury from the Seahawks, and Cam Akers tore his Achilles. And that's bad for the Vikings. I mean, he was the second guy, really, behind Madison. But he had plenty of carries, so that's not good. Dave, what am I missing from injuries? Jaron
1: Hall actually left the game with a concussion. And then uh, Romeo D- Joshua Dobbs came in and actually took over and won the game for him, which I was pretty shocked. Uh, Cordell Patterson uh, left with an ankle injury as well, but he hasn't been playing that much. Uh, another Vikings injury, K.J. Osborne uh, is in pre- concussion protocol as well. After taking a nasty hit, he he was able to walk off the field, but uh, he definitely wasn't right. Uh, And then kicker Kai Farbar, I probably butchered that name, Uh, he actually left the game, too, uh, with a quad injury. And actually, the old badger, actually, Dare, was able to kick a...
0: Ogumbawale, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Dare dare, dare Ogumbawale. Some people say Dare. It's Dare, actually. But Dare Ogumbawale actually kicked a field goal, and I was like, What? It was awesome.
1: That is awesome. It was awesome. He kicked off so, yeah.
0: through the end zone too.
1: I know. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. It's like, so, yeah, it's, so, it's like keep uh, that guy around. Like, yeah, keep sure. him around. <laughs> yeah, keep him around. You might all the so I've that kicker this week because uh, Five Barn is actually going to be out this week possibly. So you definitely need to look for a new kicker, which our a dime a doesn't. But definitely want to keep that in mind when you're sending your lineups.
0: For sure. Why don't you get in a waiver wire?
1: Sounds good. Uh, Weaver Wire is kind of a little bit light this week, but we do have some, some of the guys to pick up. The first one is going to be uh, for the injury to Dallas Goddard. Uh There's two tight ends you can possibly pick up for him. Uh, the first one is going to be Jack Stoll. Uh, and then Albert, I'm going to put you this name as well, Ugo Ugobaum. I'm not even sure how to say it. But <laughs> Albert and Jack Stoll are the two guys to pick up. I think Jack Stoll will get most of the catches probably. Uh, but they actually brought, traded for Albert this past year, and he he came in on training caps. so uh, he might be that will be more the receiving type, and Jack might be more, stole might be more of the blocker type tight end. I think
0: Stole's so- a Stole's a guy that's going to get some passes too. Um, uh, yeah, Albert, a quick bog mum. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> This is like O K W U E G B U N A M. Oh my god, that's that's ridiculous! I can't wait to the announcers have to say that. Um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, just just for that name, he shouldn't be allowed to play. Come on here. <laughs> just put him Albert OK, because it starts with OK. Albert I like OK. That. We're, we're going
1: to call him Albert OK from now on. I like it.
0: Let's do OK. And
1: then, Bicker Mayfield, who I talked about last week, and and you were kind of down on him, but Bicker Mayfield, Mayfield this past week, 21 to 30, 265 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. So... He's another guy that he's going to have some good matchup coming up here. Uh, they're going to face the Tennessee Titans, ranks eighth against the run, and, and they're one of the worst against the pass, 25th against the pass. So, a uh, good matchup if you need to fill in by for one of the major quarterbacks. Kyler Murray, uh, he was actually announced to start this week. I, I was surprised he didn't start this past week. They made a poor decision on that to start Tune, who didn't really. Uh, you can't start. He didn't. He was way overmatched as a rookie. What? what f- Fifty-eight
0: total yards of offense isn't good enough for you, Dave? Fifty-eight? <laughs> I think. They, I think. I think Washington uh, Huskies scored more than that last week. Last week against USC. I know.
1: <laughs> exactly. Kalamu <laughs> really will be back this week. It was announced he will start. Uh, get him back into your lineups. Activate him off your injury reserve if you have him on there. Uh, One of the running backs we really liked this week, Keaton Mitchell. Uh, We talked about him really at the beginning of the year as one of our rookies that we liked. Uh, But he is healthy now, finally. Uh, He had two big runs this past week, Uh, nine carries, 138 yards rushing and a touchdown. He had a 40-yard touchdown and a 60-yard run as well. So uh, we'll see how that backfield shapes up. That's kind of a mess right now. Justice Hill led the backfield in snaps at 64% and rushing attempts at 35%. Route. He ran 35 routes, and he played 71% of the snaps. So uh, I don't know. I don't like Justice Hill. He's never really proven himself. He's never really stood out in that backfield. Keenan Mitchell could be the guy going forward, but uh, I still wouldn't start anywhere this week. Gus Edwards did have two touchdowns again, too, this past week. But that's a guy you might want to just pick up and put on your bench for now because it's for future buys. Uh, and then receivers Demario Douglas. We talked about him a little bit last week, but uh, he is that definitely the guy there now. He's the, the lead guy over there with Bourne on the injury reserve. Uh, he went for five catches for fifty-five yards this past week. And Quentin Johnson. Now that Josh Palmer is out, he's a guy you want to take a look at. Uh, he's had an underwhelming rookie season so far, uh, but that could change going forward.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, I agree with Mitchell too. He's you know one hundred thirty-eight yards on nine carries and a touchdown.
1: Just a. Explosive.
0: He yeah, he's could be the new Achin. You know, I mean, I you don't know that. I mean he's worth the pickup. Um especially if you're dying for running backs and or if you need to handcuff Gus Edwards, it's it's something you need to do. Um Ty Chandler, I said, for the Acres injury, I think he'll get more carries in Minnesota. I do like that one. And, and to be honest with you, Josh Dobbs, man, I, I mean, I think people, some people picked him up this week, but now that he's on a better team and a better offense with the Vikings, he could be a better player, and he's a super smart dude. Um, he literally didn't know where anything was and made it happen, you know, asked his players and did what smart people uh, do. I was impressed,
1: actually. I, 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 I didn't I, want I, the Vikings to win, but uh, I was actually very, very impressed, like, I, I yeah. Rushed, you know, how he just found guys and like how he just like took off and running and like he almost got tackled twice on a fourth down and he still made the first down. I was just like, wow! Like he impressed me with his play in that fourth quarter. Definitely. It's hard. It's
0: like, hard to root against him. He's such a du- good dude. It seems like you know you want you want to see him succeed after all the teams that traded him and bounced him around. Man, you know I mean, too bad it's on the team Vikings, but, that, yeah. yeah. Well, of course, Tank Dell and Noah Brown for uh, that Stroud through to, through two. Um, you know, those guys, especially with Mechie injured, norah Brown, he's back relevant. Um, tight in uh yeah, I said tight chat. Kate Otten for Tampa balled out a little bit. So you got to give it up to Kate Otten a bit. Um, Jack Stoll, I think I put for the Godard injury. I'm going to, I'm going to lean him and Quentin Johnson for the Josh Palmer injury. Probably. I don't know. What he did tonight though. I'm gonna have to look at the stats and see. Uh, I think, I think Gerald Everett gets a big bump because in, um, he should be owned in most places, but, uh, I think just because of the Palmer injury, Gerald Everett, um, well, he only got two receptions, eighteen yards, but uh, um, it was yeah. There was just there's, Quentin Johnson had three targets. There, there's, they just ran the ball a lot and they threw it to Eckler. They, they didn't even throw it to uh, any of their main guys today. Kind of weird.
1: Well, Keenan Allen had a good game. He had eight for seventy-seven yards tonight. One guy, yeah, one played.
0: main guy. Yeah, well, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, it was Quentin Allen down. Eckler, Everett Johnson. So I would yep. still pick up Johnson because there's going to be more games when they're not playing teams like yeah. And he's, and the they're, Jets. they're just playing from
1: ahead tonight, so they're just running the ball. But he had two catches for 14 yards tonight, Quinn did, but I definitely see him getting more targets going forward though for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. And uh, the
0: Jets tried their last second touchdown attempt and uh, failed, so they're do- they're toast. Um, yeah, they got smoked, 27 to six. Yeah, that's yeah. So Quentin Johnson, that's who I have. Let's go to non-starters trending up for Week Ten. I'll get started with that. Um, quarterback Garner Minshew versus the Patriots has a tasty matchup. The Patriots have been awful since Judon's been hurt. I just th- think the Patriots are just a team you got to fade and play guys against for the rest of the year. I like Josh Jobs versus the Saints this week. I mean, you know, uh, B- know
1: Badgett. B- B- B-
0: you know, but Badgett moved the ball. But he, but he threw some interceptions. But he moved the ball on him. He definitely moved the ball on him. So um, I think Dobbs could do the same. I mean, I'd be scared to. To I mean, he's more of a desperation. But he's trending up. Let's just say you have Tua, and he's been. You know, maybe you have Mahomes, and you have don't don't have a lot of uh, other angles to go. There you go. Uh, tight end Sam Laporta with first the Chargers looks good. Um, I think he's going to have a good game. Uh, Wide receiver Donnell Mooney versus the Panthers is nice. And same with Deontay Foreman versus the Panthers this week. The Bears are favored by three and a half points against the Panthers. I expect some offense here. Wide receiver Josh Reynolds versus the Chargers also looks good uh, for the Lions. So I think the Lions are going to ball out with Sam Laporta and Josh Reynolds a little bit. Uh, Wide receiver Quentin Johnson for the Josh Palmer injury. Also might do well against the Lions, and he was on my waiver wire. Uh, Cowboys defense versus –
1: they're playing the Giants. So, yeah,
0: I'm going to play the Cowboys.
1: Actually, everyone's starting the Cowboys defense right now, though.
0: You think? Uh, well, they didn't against the Eagles. I don't think you did anyway. You're going to play the, uh, the defense at the Eagles. I hope not, but maybe you did. No, but
1: you always have one of the top five ranked fantasy defenses. Actually, top three, I think. So you definitely started them. All right, fine. Whatever.
0: <laughs> Jackson Smith, the Jigba uh, versus the Commanders looks good. Um, uh, the Commanders are a terrible secondary. And if they weren't playing the Patriots, they would have got blown out. You know how it is um let's go to Gabe Davis against the Broncos I like Gabe Davis this week I think that this is one of those games that the Bills have to get their heads out of their asses again and just blow the team out so I like him and Dalton Kincaid this week against the Broncos Dave I like Tyler Tyler Algier especially um with Cordero Patterson hurt against the Cardinals I like Algier possibly get a touchdown or two and I like Tyler Heineke he didn't have a greatest game because he threw some picks and fumbled but you know, he did move the ball well last week, a lot better than the other guy there. So, um, yeah, I, I, those are my non-stars training up. Who are yours?
1: I definitely like the Bills. I like James Cook. I like the Davis pick for the Bills. And I do like uh, Kincaid as well. He's up and coming. He's almost a borderline starter right now, I think. Uh, I do like Zach Wilson against the Raiders. I don't think their defense is still that good. It's still not sold on their defense. I think Zach Wilson uh, actually has a good game against them this week. Uh, I do like that Seahawks. I like the Jackson Nick, Nick Smith pick. I do like that a lot, actually, as well. I think Kenny Walker bounces back this week, too. has a good game against Washington with all their defensive linemen that they traded away. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to just roll over the Giants. Uh, I like Brandon Cooks this week. He's not a guy you normally start, but I think he could have a big game this week, actually. I think they try to get him a ball a little bit this week, and I think he has a big game. I like the little Porta pick. Uh, I think Quinn Johnson, I like those two picks for that game. Uh, I like Algier. I, we need Brian Robinson to come around here, too. Uh, I like Kyle Murray this week, too, against the Falcons. It's his first start, but I, I like him this week. That's a good matchup for Kyle Murray to come back to. I like him this week. I like Baker Mayfield against that poor Tennessee defense, like I was talking about before. Uh, I like that matchup for them. Uh, I hate to say it, but I like Kenny Pickett against the back Packers. Uh, Packers' secondary is <laughs> banged up. Uh, they traded Rasal Douglas away. Some of their rookies stepped up this past week. I was kind of impressed, but. Uh, that was against Brett Rippon, uh, who I don't put much stock into. So uh, I do like Kenny Pickett this week against them. Uh, I do like Joshua Dobbs, too. Uh, him running the ball, I think it's he can still get some stuff against the Saints. Having a, a week to prepare as well, I think that's definitely going to help him. Uh, I do like that matchup. And I like both. Even though this is the worst probably Thursday night football game ever. I guess a 1-7 and 2-17. And and Hold on.
0: Take, I, take it easy.
1: <laughs> I do like this matchup for fantasy football wise. I do like Ty- Tyson against, uh, if he does start this weekend for Fields, this, do they have any timeline when Fields is coming back?
0: Fields could maybe come back this week, but we still think it'd be okay. Tyson Badgend this week, but it's not, I mean, that could change. So uh, I want to lean I like this week, I'm going to say 65% chance Badgend in 35 Fields. Okay.
1: All right. I still like Tyson Badgend this week again. Uh, I do like Bryce Young to have a good game, and uh, and Chuba Hubbard I got like against the Bears defense too as well, and I think Mooney has a good game as well. He did, he, had, he came around this past week; he actually had a pretty solid game. So I like Mooney to have a good game this week as well. Awesome, good stuff. Let's move on to our bus, Dave. Who is the boss of Week Ten? All right, well I'm gonna actually the guy who just had an MVP like game. I think CJ Stroud. The Bengals defense is a good defense, actually. I do not think he puts up another huge monster game like he just did. I think he throws a couple picks and then he actually uh, disappoints a mm. few people this week. I think he's one of my busts this week. Actually, from high uh, to low, from I don't low like to high—that's how it is sometimes. It is. That's what I'm telling you. I'm calling it right now. Uh, I do not like Trevor Lawrence against that Frisco D. A week of rest and pre- and be a week to prepare. I don't. I think Trevor Lawrence struggles a little bit against the San Francisco defense. Uh, I do not like. Jordan Love against that tough Steelers D, uh, even though he's my boy on the Packers, I, I just don't like that matchup for him this week, it, especially with those young receivers dropping balls for him all the time. Uh, I do not like that matchup. I do not like anyone on the Giants. Saquon Barkley is maybe the only guy you're starting, but I even again, him I don't like because they're going to just tee off on the run. Uh, they're not going to really play the pass that much. Uh, so I'm down with going in Saquon and every Giants player on offense essentially this week uh and I'm downgrading uh Sam Howell Seahawks D uh they're middle of the road I think defense but uh Sam Howell I think I'm downgrading him just a little bit this week Seahawks I think will step up they're playing at Seattle too so I don't like that matchup uh, downgrading the Broncos this week too against the Bills I think the Bills play well and they're playing at Buffalo uh so I don't like Russell Wilson this week either
0: all right good stuff um so I have a few uh and I agree with a lot of those, Trevor Lawrence. I have. I'm going to add Travis CTN right in there against the 49ers. D. I will say that oh, Trevor yeah. Lawrence does get rid of the ball fast. So if he can do that, maybe he can make something happen. But now they got Chase Young on the side, and uh, yeah,
1: that it, it, is,
0: it is scary. Bosa and Young. Oh my God! Two Ohio State guys just swarming at you. Brutal. saquon Barkley and anyone on the Giants, buddy. anybody on the Giants probably should never be started for the rest of the season. Sorry. <laughs> it's that bad. It's that bad. Uh Sam Howell versus Seattle is suspect. Uh Gus Edwards versus Cleveland is bad. And Kareem Hunt versus uh Baltimore is bad, I think. Um I'm not a Yeah, I
1: like the Hunt one.
0: Yep. And I normally like Hunt, but uh yeah, that's that it could be a really ugly game. Um, I I don't like a lot of players on these, the sides. You can throw in Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. I would have to start, but um, I, I wouldn't sh- be shocked if he's held to less points. Quarterback Aiden O'Connell versus the Jets might suffer a little bit too this week from the Raiders and Josh Jacobs. I think the Jets are probably want you know want to. They have a good defense still um and so you know those are through my bus i mean the fact that the eagles d is not playing the rams d or the chiefs d is not playing the dolphins d is pretty good uh it kind of curbed my bus a little bit more dave i I would say um but that brings us to our nasty sleeper and why don't you start who's your nasty sleeper Uh
1: all right. Well, the guy I've been hyping up the last couple of weeks, I have to almost make him my D nasty sleeper. I'm going with Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield is my D nasty sleeper of the week against the Tennessee Titans, 25th ranked pass defense. Uh, he's going to bring home a fantasy win for you this week. Oh, Baker. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I'm not high on Baker. Uh, nasty
0: sleeper is Drake London for me versus the Cardinals. You know, he's a receiver. But he was injured
1: last week. Is he healthy, though? I
0: think he's going to be healthy this week. Um, I think so too. I, you know, I think it was a one-week injury, but I, I see him playing the Cardinals. Um, I mean, if not, I'll, I'll switch him to Johnny Smith because I like Johnny Smith too. He's been balling out a lot more than Kyle Pitts this year. Uh, Johnny Smith's like actually Johnnie the main before. guy. I don't know what happened to Kyle Pitts, but Johnny Smith seems to be the main tight end over at Atlanta. So I like them both. If Drake London doesn't play, go with Johnny. But that is my nasty sleeper, Dave. Anything we miss?
1: No, I like it. Uh, Thursday night football game. Probably borderline not watchable.
0: <laughs> yeah, borderline not watchable, but uh, Bears fans will be watching anyway. <laughs> and, and fantasy degenerates like yourself will be watching it too. Dude. Yes,
1: we will. And that's a, actually a sweet fantasy matchup for two, with two bad defenses. So hopefully it will be a high scoring and it will be a fun game to watch fantasy-wise.
0: Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, watching this show. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at the Eyesbreakers, Email us at info at theeyesbreakers.com. Enjoy the rest of your week and go get some
1: winners.